Southwestern family of companies welcomes you to the Action Catalyst. Each week, our diversely and amazingly accomplished guests share their insights and inspirations to help us ignite our own. So let's invest attention together to breathe, to reflect and refocus, and decisively defeat that voice we call Mr. Mediocrity. Then let's enjoy moving forward to make a positive difference in our world. Today's guest on the Action Catalyst is Mike Scholes, Chief Operating Officer of Southwestern Family of Companies. It's hard for me to not call him General Mike Scholes, but for 33 years, he served our country as a member of the U.S. Army, eventually becoming a general officer. He eventually became Chief of Staff for the NATO forces that were helping to keep freedom ringing throughout the world, particularly in Europe, in one of the most conflict-ridden parts of our world. Mike has a fascinating backstory. He grew up in a military family. You'll hear a little bit about that. But above all, he is a principled individual who makes decisions not according to emotion, but according to principle. Family is very important to him. Duty is very important to him. Service to others is important to him. Teamwork is important to him. And so is compassion. You're going to learn a great deal about that. He worked his way up through the ranks, starting as an enlisted man. And when he ultimately retired, his values were so strong that when he saw Southwestern Family of Companies values, he saw what an alignment there was. And we were very fortunate to have a mutual friend introduce us to Mike. Among other things, in addition to being responsible for our facilities and all of our internal operations and communications, he's been asked to head up our COVID response and has done a brilliant job of that, keeping people safe. So we're going to switch now to the interview. Let's welcome Mike Scholes. Mike, welcome. Oh, thank you, Dan. Thank you for having me. I look forward to uh, being on the Action Catalyst since I first heard about it last year. So it's exciting to finally be on here with you and have this conversation. Well, we are recording this at a time that is about four months after the United States went into emergency reaction to the, the COVID crisis. And among other things, Mike has been in charge of our COVID responses, our company, making sure that our hundreds of employees are safe, that all standards are adhered to, that our customers are being taken care of, and that people keep their attitudes straight. And Mike, I have to think that some of your background, which is so incredible, has come to come to roost here in making all this possible. Just for the listeners that may not fully grasp it, more than 30 years of service to our country in the military, starting as an enlisted person, eventually becoming a brigadier general, and helping us internationally is involvement with NATO, in the Balkan region and making such a difference for peace, which is really what it's all about. And then thought he could retire, but somehow this opportunity became too um, too perfect for his background and all of his preparation. So Mike, you've done so much. And first of all, thank you for all you've done for our country, as well as what you've done for our people here in, in Southwestern family of companies. No, no it's honestly uh, the 33 years of service. It was an honor. Uh, I look forward to wearing my uniform every single day. Uh, Come from a a military background. My father was military for 34 years, retired general officer, special forces ranger, uh, ranger hall of famer. So I kind of grew up in that environment. Um, And, you know, for me and going into the military, really, and walking straight in from uh, getting my commission uh, from uh, North Georgia College, it's a military school in North Georgia Mountains near the uh, Mountain Ranger phase of uh, uh, Ranger School. Uh, but walking out of that school and into the 82nd Airborne, it really started me on a career path 
and learning some principles based off the adverse situations that I was put in early on uh, that really has followed me throughout my career. And it's those principles, uh, a set of nine principles that I've really followed. And in every unit I went in, used it as my leadership philosophy, trained my soldiers on it. And, and in those units, learn more things that I would add to that framework. But those nine principles have stuck with me all the way into this job. Uh, and as a COO, it is certainly in the last four or five months, um, a lot of those different positions that I held uh, really have prepared me uh, to be able to respond and help direct this company in times of COVID. Um, as uh, the former British Prime Minister, Benjamin Disraeli, said, there's no education like adversity. And certainly, not only is this company learning that, but that really has been uh, the mantra for my career. Well, Mike, anybody that is willing to help defend our country is going to put themselves into harm's way. And when they become a leader, as you did, you also have the responsibility for others. I happen to know from different conversations that when you were just 22 years of age, you found yourself on an airplane on your way to the Middle East at the beginning of Desert Storm with, with really one of the first, if not the first unit to be heading out there. What were some of the thoughts that went through your head at that time as you were facing this humongous force, much bigger than we would have on the ground at that time, and how you, how you reacted as a leader in those times? Yeah, it was uh, it was a pretty difficult situation. A lot of people don't know it, but uh, you know, in the 82nd Airborne, it's called America's Guard of Honor, and that's for a reason. It's it's when these conflicts come up, usually the 82nd Airborne, because they can get anywhere in the world in 18 hours or less uh, with a sizable force. And in this case, uh, for Desert Shield, Desert Storm, uh, the 82nd was called. And my father was on the plane in front of me as hmm. the uh, uh, deputy commanding general of 18th Airborne Corps. And I was one of the first lieutenants on the ground. And so it was uh, really the, the different reports that we were getting, intel reports, uh, showed an overwhelming force on the ground that they were actually about to attack. So it definitely set in motion. Um, a lot of the things, a lot of the training, a lot of the different uh, principles uh, that I learned, it, it was putting them into practice and actually uh, teaching your, your soldiers that they can do it, uh, helping them to remember what got them there. Um, you know, Sun Tzu said, victorious warriors win first and then go to war, while defeated warriors go to, first, go to war first and then seek to win. In this case, um, you know, the sacrifices, the training, the investment, the blood, sweat, and tears, it's, it's telling them that they're a razor's edge, they're ready for it, and, and actually preparing them um, for that particular eventuality of crossing the forward line of troops. Mm-hmm. It's, just not, it's just not normal. You know, it's not normal. Um, it, it's not every day that someone coming fresh out of uh, college um, has the lives of, of 45 um, soldiers in their hands. Uh, and so really, you know, investing in them, um, giving them, uh, you know, the principles and the, and the different um, support that they need 
uh, is is where leadership, true leadership, and those type of adverse situation comes in. Mm-hmm. Mike, just a, just a question because I've heard you describe in great detail what that was like and some of the feelings that you had. Many leaders find themselves trying to coach people through situations that they haven't necessarily been through themselves either. What what are some things you've learned about how to first keep yourself calm? and then get other people to buy into that calm so that people can avoid the instinct to panic and head for the hills. Right. Well, the, you know, the solution for leaders is to, is to train your people, uh, to take care of them, be there when they need you. Uh, an important aspect of that is they'll be there for you when, you know, yeah, when, when they need you, hmm. if you're taking care of them, they'll take care of you. They look for your strength. Uh, the lack of confidence is infectious. You know, I've seen it in units. Uh, when they have a commander or when they have a leader who isn't exhibiting or showing the signs of confidence, um, you know, it has an effect on morale. Uh, but the true essence of leadership is you got to unite people around a common mission. You got to you got to provide that purpose, direction, and then the motivation, and then get out of their way. I think it was Ronald Reagan who said, surround yourself with great people and delegate authority and get out of their way. And certainly when you do that and you know you have trained them, you know they're a razor's edge, you give them that purpose and direction, get out of the way and they'll, and they'll conquer um, you know, mountains and dragons for you. Wow, I think it's just phenomenal. And again, our thanks for your willingness to put yourself in harm's way so that we can walk the streets that we can walk in a free manner. It's just incredible. I'm very humbled by that. Um, very much so. Now, Mike, just another reflection back in your, in your military career. When you were in, involved with NATO, which of course is a, a defense organization, but also very much on the ground diplomacy. As I understand it, you had representatives from about 30 different nations. And as the uh, chief of staff, you were having to corral their resources and get them on common ground. Any any lessons on how to take people from different cultural backgrounds and and merge them into something that is is unified in its purpose? Yeah, I mean, it truly, it's about building effective teams. Um, it's you know, it's it's about building relationships, uh, and and it, NATO and then specifically that command had had did have thirty one different nations on staff. And so every staff meeting, every uh, training exercise, it was about building those relationships, uh, finding that common ground, uh, and then being able to execute your task assigned. But, but more importantly, especially in that region of the world, um, the diplomacy aspect of working with those different nations uh, because honestly, every nation has their own uh, national uh, objectives. Um, but for that, for that particular host country or for that particular uh, part of Europe, um, the need to maintain a safe and secure environment was absolutely essential to building those teams. Uh, even, even with the different, uh, the different purpose and, and different objectives that each country had, um, it really, they, a, a lot of those nations look to the United States to provide that continuity, to provide that, um, that, uh, that leadership. Uh, and, and for me, and being in that 
uh, specific situation. In every NATO assignment, um, it's it's mandatory that a a, gen, a U.S. general officer is either the commander or the chief of staff, uh, and that provides that glue for for NATO to keep that that mission alive. But mm-hmm. it's all about relationship building. It's all about trusting each other. It's all about building effective teams, and uh, and it's and, and the relationship asset aspect is is essential. Right. I think probably the notion of command and control is is exaggerated in terms of its effectiveness compared to persuasion and relationships and setting a good example. What, any any thoughts on that? Yeah, it's about unity of purpose uh, more, and it's about unity of command. It's 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 you know going back to what I said in the beginning. It's about providing that purpose, direction, and motivation. It's um, there is a common mission there, which is to create and sustain that safe and secure environment um, and, and, you know, reinforcing that that is why NATO is there uh, is to provide that safe and secure environment. That is the continuity. That is the glue. Which I think is phenomenal. Mike, one thing I've also noticed about you is that you have, I guess, a, a thirst for knowledge and learning. Um, and it may be one reason that you had trouble staying retired. somehow just uh, hitting the golf course day after day and going for long walks probably didn't fully do it for you (laughs) I I know at one point in your career you you got involved with military police so you went to a police academy you got involved with fire prevention so you went to fire academy you've always been a student and and it seems like you don't ever get complacent so what what tips would you share about how to kind of keep your edge and not just sit back in the rocking chair and look at your medals and read your press releases (laughs) Well, for me, it's just, uh, you really, um, you know, there was one assignment at uh, Fort Knox where um, it was an opportunity for me. In most assignments, you live on base, but in this particular assignment, I had the option to live off base, and I chose to do so because I wanted to be a part of the community. Uh, you know, it's really all about community. And, and I think growing up um, in a military household, and moving everywhere, I really didn't have that sense of community. Yes, we lived on a military base, um, but ultimately, um, you know, especially after I graduated high school, we kind of all scattered. Mm. And and so I knew that the eventuality, one, I didn't know I was going to be a general officer, but, but two, I, I knew that ultimately I wanted to end up in a community with my family around me um, but that sense of community is very important to me. And so, um, you know, even moving here was a choice uh, about family. Even retiring or, uh, from the military early was about uh, my family and making a family decision instead of a me decision. Um, I could have stayed in. Uh, I was asked to stay in. But, you know, for me at that particular time and place, um, and coming back from a long deployment, it was really about trying to get centered on my family and being a part of a community. Mm-hmm. And so that brought me to, to here to Nashville, which is where uh, my family first settled in the early 1800s. And so I'm like the eighth generation to be here. But I like being engaged. I like volunteering uh, for organizations in my community, uh, whether it's the Rotary um, I've been involved in the United Way, but also in a lot of VA different uh, uh, 
committees and, and councils and, and uh, you know, efforts to support the military community. Mm-hmm. So staying involved, staying active, you know, you can be retired, but never lose your heart for service and relationships. Never. Yeah. yeah, never. And, and really this job, you know, what attracted me to this job was really was about the principles. Uh, when I first read the guiding principles and the creed uh, for Southwestern family and companies, um, I actually took them and wrote the army values alongside each one of those principles, because what they were saying there was what I believed in and have believed throughout my life. And I remarked on it and I even showed it to, uh, to Dustin and Henry uh, when we were uh, talking in their office. And I said, look, I'm here because of this. Uh, this is this is what you believe in, uh, is what I believe in. And I could, you know, be retired. I could sit on my porch. I could watch Westerns and combat shows all day long. Um, but for me, it's about being a part of an organization that believes in this. And really, you know, that's what keeps me going. Um, that's what keeps teams going is, is knowing that and, and having those principles and having that vision. Um, and, and for, for this company who focuses on helping people and helping communities, inspiring people, um, I'm all in because that's what I believe in. Well, we're certainly glad you did because six months after you got started, we found ourselves in the middle of a pandemic and you have, been the strength and the stability and the consistent communication in that, which is just fantastic. One of the many things I admire is that when you do the updates about what we're going to do as a result of the city's regulations, if the regulations say stay home when you can, one of the first things you write is corporate staff will work from home. It's really leading by example because that's the right thing to do. And by you highlighting that, modeling it, even though I know you've gone in and you've had to check on the various many parts of our company that you're responsible for, it was a reassuring message. It was a reassuring message that we've, we've got your back. We want to get through this safely and doing the right thing is a big part of that. So thank you for that too. No, absolutely. It's all about leading by example and, and setting the stage for uh, the companies and for not only our companies, but also the tenants in here. Uh, it's keeping them safe and secure and healthy. And that as a leader, uh, is your first and foremost principle is to keep your team members safe and healthy. Right. Well, we're very glad you had 33 years of practice before you moved into this role. <laughs> <laughs> Mike, along, along the way, have you, have you ever hit a, uh, a figurative brick wall? You probably hit some real brick walls at some point based on your, your career as a soldier, but something where at the moment you couldn't see around it, couldn't see under it, couldn't see through it. And, I mean, what, what's your, do you have a thought process when you feel like you're dealing with something that's just insurmountable at the moment? What do you do to calm yourself? Any systematic steps you can share with all of us? Yeah, it's, uh, you know, that's, a, that's actually a, that's a great question. And, you know, there are two principles that I follow. Uh, one, I think, I think physical, spiritual, mental resiliency is absolutely, uh, you know, um, important. It's absolutely essential in this type of situation, especially when you're, uh, in, in a very emotional situation or even preparing for one, um, when your commitment's deeply tested. And certainly in my career, I found myself in several of those incident, uh, incidents or events. 
but it's really it's almost a three-legged school uh, stool you know the physical aspect you got to keep yourself in shape you got to eat healthy um, you know your core is very important uh, that will help uh, your spiritual aspect of it or your mental resiliency uh, if, if you're strong if you're um, if, if you uh, are of faith uh, will help you uh, be able to push through those emotional uh, or, uh, or or those deeply tested times uh, those crisis situations you've got to have that I think it was uh, Karl von Clausewitz who said strength of mind or of character is the ability to keep one's head at times of exceptional stress and violent emotion. And I always remembered that mm-hmm. because it's true. Um, a lot of that too is, is what you've grown up with will help you in that, um, that mental resiliency and, and that spiritual resiliency. But also Dustin talks about all the time. Uh, but, but for me, and, and as a military officer, it was absolutely essential. It's also positive self-talk. You got to lead yourself. You got to use positive self, self-talk. self um, I think even Teddy Roosevelt said, believe you can, you're halfway there. Uh, I remember a story. There was a, a SEAL team named Eric Barker who wrote a, a book. He talked about a story in there where he said his superior officer um, he was a demolitions officer, and he was underwater one time, and he was defusing a mine. And there was so much uh, debris, cables, uh, junk on the floor uh, of the ocean that he, as he was trying to defuse that mine, became entangled. He couldn't move his hands. He couldn't move his feet. And, you know, so it went through his mind. He says, so what am I going to do? Well, he started out with, well, I'm still breathing, uh, so that's good. And then he went, what do I have to do now uh, to help me get free? Uh, well, he then realized that the knife was there on his thigh next to his hand, and so he got his knife, and he started working his way through the problem. And that's an exa- excellent example of positive self-talk. Uh, just like I said early on, when you cross that forward line of troops, knowing that uh, you know, rounds are going to be coming your way. It's night. You, you, you know, you feel like, um, you know, all heck's going to break loose. It's not a normal uh, action to take that step, but you got to say, okay, if I make it to that mountain, if I make it to that obstacle, uh, I'm halfway there. If I make it there and I go to that next step, that next hill, that next mountain, then I'm three quarters of the way there. You got to continually give yourself some, some positive self-talk and lead yourself through those particular uh, crisis situations or emotional situations. Mm. That's really how I've handled it. Which is so key. So first of all, physical strength and emotional strength, and you work to prepare yourself with those way in advance because you, it's too late to try to manufacture them when you need them. And then Absolutely. start thinking, thinking, what's the, what's the next best thing to do and do that. And then the next thing, and then do that and break it down into small bits and don't look beyond those small bits until you can see your way clear. Yeah, absolutely. So that's small, you know, absolutely. It's that small goals, build momentum and then take the long view. Mm-hmm. You gotta, you gotta pace yourself and realize that it's a marathon and not a race. Mm-hmm. Uh, that'll assist you. That'll assist you in managing expectations of your teams. 
Well, and with this COVID situation, I think we all hoped it was going to be a sprint, but it's turning into <laughs> turning into a marathon. Absolutely right. Absolutely right. Um, Mike, what would you what would you say to encourage someone that right now is they're really seeking answers? In other words, their career maybe has hit a complete standstill, either because of the virus or other reasons, or their their personal life is in just a tough situation, and they're beginning to feel a sense of hopelessness and despair. Uh, the phrase I like to use is they look at the cards they've been dealt, and there's not even a face card, let alone an ace there. Um, what would you say to encourage somebody that's uh, just kind of out of aces right now? Well, you know, you know, Dustin and I early on had a conversation about this. First, you know, kind of going back to that last answer, resiliency, you got to have resiliency. That will help you in those type of si- types of situations. Um, two, you got to seize the moment. Uh, lost time is never found again, I think Benjamin Franklin said. Uh, and really, it's times like this where um, you can't look back. You can't look at, you know, some people say cup half full, cup half empty. empty. You got to look at that as an opportunity. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's, it's times of disaster. It's times of uh, crisis, really, when things, good things happen because you're in a situation that ultimately will lead you to do things uh, and, and, and be react, reactive and adaptable and flexible to things that you wouldn't normally do because of that, you know, that, that it, when you're in your normalcy, when you're in uh, a calm scenario or calm environment, uh, you tend to fall back on bad habits. But when you're in a time like this, you need to look at it um, as a time to be innovative, to be creative, uh, reframe the moment in time as an opportunity for the entire team uh, to, to contribute uh, to your mission and find solutions for those problems. Mm-hmm. You know, there were times in my career, I can remember, uh, you know, there was a situation after 9-11 with uh, President Bush. Uh, we were planning for the 2004 G8 Summit. And we were expecting just really uh, a terrible um, uh, event. Uh, just the state of the world, uh, the terrorist uh, situation, you know, after 9-11. Um, and we were really just thinking it was just going to be a bad event, especially after the last World Trade Organization mm-hmm. event in Seattle. Um, and we use that as an opportunity that even today we changed policy to be able to support that event that is still being used today, even for this pandemic uh, uh, crisis event. Um, but it was an opportunity to do that uh, because, uh, you know, 9-11 and that particular type of uh, environment that we were in. But as an individual, you need to look at that as that opportunity. Uh, don't look at it as, uh, as, uh, and, and be depressed about your environment. You look at it as an opportunity for you to improve, to enhance your skills, to enhance your mission, uh, even just as uh, Southwestern Advantage has done under your leadership. It's really about that opportunity to be innovative and creative and, and pivot. Uh, to be able to handle that adverse situation. 
mm-hmm. and the challenges at hand. Well, that's a lot of encouragement right there, Mike, that if people are in a situation because their habit patterns have just no longer work, they need to change and get new habit patterns. They need to get resilient. Absolutely. They need to look, look to their relationships, work on good yeah. self-talk and how important all those are. And it's, it's about being a part of a team too. You, you just kind of brought it up, you know, be a good team leader, be a good uh, teammate uh, and be a good follower. And really it's those teams that support each other in those times. And that can be your family, that can be your business team. Um, you know, it's really those relationships that will help you uh, through those times. So as a, as a teammate, um, you know, be following, be uh, calling. If you notice uh, one of your team members who is having, um, you know, trouble dealing with that particular situation, call them, uh, spend some time with them. Uh, give them some advice and help them get through that situation. It really is that where that team uh, comes into play and, and helps each other is during those tough times. Mm-hmm. Well, I know without the team, there's no way that Southwestern Advantage would be where we are today because all the best ideas for our response certainly didn't come from me. They came from the team members and getting out of the way and helping them do what they can do best is, uh, is always the way. It's fantastic. You know, William Arthur Ward said adversity causes some men to break, others to break records, and certainly Southwestern Advantage under your leadership and as that team has developed, they're, you know, off to break records. And uh, you're certainly an example of that. I appreciate that very much, Mike. Um, Had lots of good examples to continue to all around and just trying to breathe once in a while, as my wife reminds me. Breathing is a really good idea and getting recentered on what's right principles and, and going for those makes such a massive difference. It's that resiliency that we talked about. Exactly. Mm-hmm. And as Richard Kipling said, if you can keep your head while all around you're losing theirs, then you'll be a man, my son. And I'm going to amend that say, or a woman these days. Um, Kipling, unfortunately didn't quite get the uh, sharing the gender credit but it's okay. <laughs> We're surrounded by great people and we can all learn from them. Well, Mike Scholes, thank you for blessing us today on the Action Catalyst. You are a person of principle, you're a person of character, and we are very thankful that you're part of this team and for sharing today. But Dan, thank you so much for having me. This has been uh, an awesome experience. Um, and, and thank you for your leadership and everything that you do day to day. We'll continue to. And I also know that your wife is a nurse, so thank her from all of us for being one of those first responders and people on the front lines making a difference. Absolutely. She is uh, certainly helped me through this crisis, and I look for her for advice every time I put out a message. So That's a smart thing. I love it. Mike, <laughs> thanks so much. Stay safe, and uh, we look forward to seeing you soon face-to-face. Thank you, Dan. If you enjoy this podcast, please make sure to subscribe. To stay updated on everything that the Action Catalyst is up to, make sure to follow us on Facebook and Instagram at Action Catalyst Podcast and Twitter at Catalyst underscore Action. Thanks for listening.